What is up, people of the universe? Welcome back to the third official episode of the QTN Project. Remember, QTN stands for Question the Narrative. Um, I'm joined today again with, of course, my beautiful co-host, Josie Dacko, and then we got Bryce Aroni Strayer. So, uh, how are you guys doing today? Good, good. Living it up. Beautiful day for a beautiful day. Another day, another pod. I'm happy to be back with all the truthers over here asking questions, raising out. So we want to start each of our podcasts, especially the ones at the beginning, thanking everyone who came back with critical feedback, um, everyone who maybe thought that something we said probably wasn't the most accurate, and uh, we want to thank all of you guys. Um, one example is one of my good friends. He brought up that we were saying that 800,000 kids go missing a year. Right, And when he was able to dig a little bit more into it, and he was like, dude, I don't think you should be saying this because uh, a lot of these kids get returned. You know, it was like 99.6% get returned um, within a few days. So I'm happy he brought that to my attention. I won't be screaming that from the rooftops as much. I still think there's validity in the number. Um, that's a lot of kids that go missing for a few days and disappear and whatnot. What do you guys think about that? I mean, that's also all the kids reported. There's tons of kids like in poor nations and poor countries that when people go to, they can just snap let's, a kid. Let's stick with the let's stick with the face value of the eight hundred thousand that we are saying because that's the thing in discrepancy. Not all these other numbers that we can't prove, right? And no, that, true, true, right? true. Do you guys agree that we should probably maybe refrain away? And we also do need to do some additional digging. I think there is some value in that number um for what it may be also it's just so weird is that it was saying eight hundred thousand. and then i went back in and started deep diving today and it was actually only around four hundred thirty thousand in the united states in 2019 and like four hundred twenty thousand in 2018 so i'm not 100 percent sure what contributes to those numbers um yeah right well i mean i can say based on my research um, most kids who are trafficked are trafficked into the United States, not out of. So that could have something to do with number discrepancy. But like you said, I haven't done enough research on it to really know the difference either. Oh, was the number worldwide or U.S.? U.S. Worldwide, uh, it was like some number, like 8 million or something crazy. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. So I, I'm not sure. But if someone wants to dig into that a little bit, we'll uh, try our best to get there. Um, we're trying to cover a lot of different outlets for you guys um, and propose a question, right? Remember, don't take anything we say for 100% truth and don't take anything we say for 100% false, right? I, I started to implement with people around me um, the 5% rule. And what the 5% rule is for me is that when I go into a situation and someone proposes an idea to me, I will automatically give it a 5% chance of being true. Um, just so it allows me going to that scenario, it allows me to go in with an open mind. It allows me to really kind of look at different avenues as human beings. We're so set on binary terms. And I said this before, but like it's either zero or one or you're right or you're wrong. And the problem with that is when you deem something, um, right for you, humans have such a difficult time coming back on their pride and saying that it's wrong. So instead of that, when you say, okay, there's a 5% chance that that can be true, there's you're getting rid of this wrong and right aspect. Um, and I think it, for me, at least, it allows me to go into so many different crazy possibilities 
with an open mind. Like for example, I started yoga and the problem with uh, yoga and meditation is that some people are like, oh, it's only for hippies and things like that. Um, but since I went in with a 5% mentality that this thing could be super duper helpful for me, I have exploded my mindset on yoga and I'm, I'm all in. But if I went in thinking there's no way this works, like, like loving yourself and all this stuff, then there's no way I would have gotten any value out of it. Um, so I'd like to ask you guys when we're going forward, just to continue to keep a 5% rule with us, just because there, some of the things we are saying is super outlandish, right? And they're crazy, but we're also not smart enough to come up with any of this stuff on our own. Right, I think we could all agree to that. We're not. We're not. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I might be, but like, brand. Yeah, Bryce all. thinks he has a super brain on him or something. I have no idea for what reason. We come from the same genes and everything else, so I'm not that smart. So there's no way he's that smart. I just got the good side of the genes. Like he, oh god, I don't know what happened with him. You should see his face. Josie, do you think we're too smart or uh, smart enough to come up with some of these outlandish things that we're saying? Absolutely not. <laughs> I know I'm not. So if I'm not, then there's no way both of you are. Sorry. Uh, okay. Okay. Josie does have, is definitely that the is brains true. in the, what was that, Bryce? I said that's true. Yeah. 100%. Josie, yeah. We'll, we'll consider that binding. But the point of the rule is that, you know, start with 5% and then if you look into it and you put in your own effort and all of a sudden you come out like there's no chance this exists, then cool, make it a zero, right? But going in with the 5%, you might be brought up to 40%. And when we say percentage, it's not 40% that this is true and 60% is false, it's 40% that this could be a possibility, and then there could be another five or six other possibilities that could happen as well. You know, we live in a world of probabilities, and um, there's a chance, you know, if you're a betting man, like in uh, gambling or whatnot, you know, even if you give something a 10% chance, if that bet hits, you're gonna, you're gonna come out pretty big. Um, but there's still a chance that that can hit. Uh, so it's, I don't know, I've enjoyed reframing my mindset a little bit. It's made me so much more open to feedback and everything else. Um, also, very exciting. We all have our new mics now. So there should be no issue with hearing any of us. I know Bryce's little squeaky yep. voice couldn't <laughs> be heard from the back, but I'm glad we got that all fixed up. And Bryce is frozen and muted. Wow, this is perfect. Okay, Josie, we'll go ahead and dive in since uh, right. Bryce has gone AWOL. Today yeah. we're going to be, um, what are we going to be touching on today, Josie? Uh, so today we're talking about media manipulation. Um, I'm going to start off with some background on the CIA and something called Operation Mockingbird. And then I think from there, Grant, what are you going to be talking about? So uh, unfortunately, we're tight for time. So we okay. might, this, this is going to be a part one of what could potentially be a four part series. It could be multiple um, parts. We don't know. It could be a lot of parts. Oh, welcome, we have welcome, one huge podcast. Welcome back, Bryce. Were you hearing us the whole time? Uh, yes, actually, but I had to mute it because there were some technical difficulties going on in my part. But um, we spent most of our time constrained listening to Grant's 5% rule. So now let's get into uh, <laughs> Operation Mockingjay and all the CIA and how it is a very corrupt. Like, Come on. Uh, we we got to spit a little bit of value every now and then. We can't just be crazy people the entire time. I mean, that's why I'm here. I'm here for the conspiracies, man. I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, Josie, kick us off. All right. Let's get it. So um, to start off, I couldn't find a ton since it is a CIA operation. A lot of the docs are still classified. 
Uh, I only found one declassified document. It was six pages from the 70s. I think it was declassified in either 2011 or 2012. And it had virtually no... Uh, what documents are you talking about? Where are you going off of this stuff? Where did you start your research? So I used DuckDuckGo and just an open search for Operation Mockingbird. And let me pull up. I can pull up the source. I put it in the Google Doc. Um, so, yeah, guys, we're going to start listing our sources and posting our sources probably on our Instagram page. Um, so if you're confused about any of our information or don't believe where we got it, I'm going to be posting or we'll be posting all those sources later. Um, I honestly don't really want to waste time finding, like, typing and finding a source now. So I'm just going to tell you the information from it. And then from there, like we always say, you can go and research it for yourself. And um, Josie's way nicer than I am because I'm someone that I'm probably going to die on the hill that, you know, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll get a lot of this stuff. If you follow, uh, we just created a Instagram for the podcast as well. And it's just QTN project. I'm pretty sure all lowercase, nothing special. I'm... I am a strong believer that unless you guys start diving for yourself a little bit, you're never going to be able to wake up to the possibilities of what is actually out there. Um, so I'm going to say some crazy stuff. Go ahead and duck, duck, go it. And I'm sure it will come up. And if you can't find it, come back to me and I'll send you what it is. Yeah. Also, I was wrong on the last podcast. I said DuckDuckGo was a completely different browser you might have to download. It's uh, sorry, I've started to use it. I think we all have. It's a very good browser. It is an extension to your Google Chrome where it won't track and sell your data. And it brings up information that Google tries to hide because obviously Google works for the elites. But we'll get into that later. But DuckDuckGo is great. And I think that everyone should use it. I've been using it for a while now. Perfect. Right. Thanks for that ad, Bryce. We're going to go back to Josie and continue to talk it. about the CIA because we're currently 13 minutes in and we have not touched on anything. And this has to be a shorter podcast today. I got a tea time. So, unfortunately. All right. Let's get it. So, basically, what Operation Mockingbird was, uh, it was a secret campaign by the U.S. CIA to influence media. Uh, it was began in the 1950s and it was initially organized by Cord Mayer and Alan W. Duels, uh, later led by Frank Wisner after Duels became the head of the CIA. So basically, the CIA recruited leading American journalists to help them present the CIA's views. Uh, you know, they funded school and cultural organizations and magazines as fronts for this program. So as it developed, it also worked to influence foreign media and political campaigns in addition to activities uh, by other operating units of the CIA. So we still see the effects of this today uh, in mainstream media, news, and social media. Um, if you're having trouble following what I'm saying or taking my word from it, I have three examples of award-winning journalists who um, have won multiple awards or are doctorates in their field who tried to blow the whistle on it. So I'm... Hold on, hold on. And then if y'all have any Re questions, we can go, go back. That. Go back 10 on. seconds. If you can, you kind of... Uh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know. What was the last thing you heard? I said, uh, basically, the CIA was recruiting American journalists into a network to help them present the CIA's views. Uh, they funded student and cultural organizations. Yep, got all that. A little bit. Fast forward 10 seconds, 15 seconds, maybe. 
All right, so we still see these effects today in mainstream media, news, and social media. Uh, if you're having trouble believing me, I have three examples of award-winning journalists uh, in their field who quite literally blew the whistle on it and reported stories on the CIA's involvement. Um, so I'm going to cover those really quick, and then if you all have any questions, you can ask me before I move on to, um, I guess, the next part. Let's do so, it. Hit it. Yeah, let's go. Uh, first person, Amber Lyon, uh, or Lyon. She's a three-time Emmy Award-winning journalist at CC. Uh, she said that they are routinely paid by the U.S. government and by foreign governments to selectively report and even distort information on certain events. Uh, she also indicated that the government has editorial control over content. Um, so I'm assuming that's basically all... Uh, news outlets, not just hers. Uh, second example, Cheryl Atkinson. She's a former CBS News reporter. Uh, she delivered a hard-hitting TED Talk showing how fake grassroots, uh, grassroots movements funded by political, corporate, or other special interests uh, manipulate and distort media messages. So quick example on that, Jeff Bezos. He now owns, what is it? The, wa um, uh, the Washington Post. Yeah, thank you. He owns the Washington Post, so that's a prime example of, uh, you know, he might not be investing in political candidates, but he now owns an entire platform where they can, you know, share information and distort information uh, without being checked on that. Um, and then the third example I have, I am going to butcher this name. I have no idea how to pronounce it. Dr. Ulf the Cat. He's from Germany, so that explain his name. No idea. Um, but he went on public TV stating that he was forced to publish the works of intelligence agents under his own name. Uh, he also added that non-compliance with these orders would result in him losing his job. So a lot of these people are probably coerced into reporting things for the government or for the CIA, and they're doing so basically without a choice. So I have one direct quote from him. Uh, quote, I've been a journalist for about 25 years, and I was educated to lie, to betray, and not to tell the truth to the public. But seeing right now within the last months how the German and American media tries to bring war to the people in Europe, to bring war to Russia, this is a point of no return, and I'm going to stand up and say it's not right what I have done in the past, to manipulate people, to make propaganda against Russia, and it is not right what my colleagues do and have done in the past because they are bribed to betray people, not only in Germany, all over Europe and the United States. So that's a direct quote from him, yeah. um, which is pretty crazy. Three separate journalists all top in their field saying that they're literally paid to manipulate what we hear and what we read. And of course, uh, no one has brought that up at all. Uh, right. Do you remember what the director's name uh, that said that, the CIA that said that, what is it? My work won't be done until. Oh, that was my next quote. Yep. Uh, Ex director of the CIA, Bill Casey. Uh, he stated. Bill this Casey, say that one more time. Casey. K C A S E I. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he stated in a February 1981 meeting in the Roosevelt Room in the West Wing of the White House. So we have exactly when and where he said it. Uh, quote, we'll know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false. And this direct is, quote. yes, direct quote from 
what is it, the CIA director, right? So if that doesn't just kind of wake you up to a little bit, and, and this was in uh, 1981, I believe, mm -hmm. 1981, and all you need to do is find this, is type in Bill Casey's CIA quote, and it's pretty much the only thing that comes up. I'm on DuckDuckGo, and it's the only thing that's coming up. I don't know what Google's going to give me, um, just because... Oh, the right information, yeah. Um... <laughs> I think that that's a very good quote because it shows that they were thinking about that all the way in the eighties and they never really canceled the mocking Jay program, Mockingbird. Mocking Jay. This isn't uh Katniss Everdeen. Yeah. yeah, yeah true, Different storyline. But, um, <laughs> but I think that, um, it's really smart that, that we brought up that quote because if without these like podcasts, without these programs or Instagram handles that a lot of people are following, a lot of these Q anons, main media would be the only way to get your news and we see that shift to more of a bias and a less fact and more opinionated pieces all the time you don't see you see barely any facts coming out a lot of the time and if it is it's slamming people it's it's defamation it's not like there's no new news coming out there's well, no blackmail that they pleasantly get released um at the perfect time also i just yeah. typed into google bill casey cia quote on my phone and the headache I'm going through just to find this potential quote is just. And this I is mean, why DuckDuckGo is so much better. Yes, they we're not sponsored. I just I love it. It's they great. literally give me an eight-page document to look for that says Dif disinformation and examination of six years of incredible lying CIA by the CIA. So anything they put out, I'm definitely going to trust, um, especially when it's going against their own director. No, that Josie. When did the Mocking um, Jay program start? So it's the Mockingbird. Oh, um, Mockingbird Operation Mockingbird. So I was wrong, uh, Bryce. Um, yeah, started in the seventies. Uh, yeah, excuse me. No, not the seventies. The fifties. Okay, uh, so let me real quick. Yeah, just to where my head went is that this quote was from 1981 by the CIA director, right? And this program started in the fifties. That means they've had 31, 30, whatever, 25 to 31 years of practice trying to essentially make uh, all the information the public knows false or just wrong or just whatever, misinformation. I mean, it's continuing now, so you yes. see it like further developing. When, okay, yeah, okay you, you go. No, 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 no. Okay, Josie, when did they ax the program or when did they say they axed the program? When did they get rid of it? I couldn't find any. They never did. They never did. It's still going on, but you don't see them talking about it. You don't because it's all in mainstream media. And this is something else. I'm just going to touch into this, talking about the CIA. Anderson Cooper, right? We all know him. Great talk host on CNN. He is a Vanderbilt, as we all also know. He was also recruited, and correct me if I'm wrong. I may be wrong. I'm not very intelligent. I often am wrong. I'm pretty sure he was recruited at – the age of 19 from the CIA. Um, yeah, they, they came to him and gave him an interview. He didn't go to them. Yeah, so I, I don't know who, I mean, I don't know how many 19-year-olds typically just get approached by the CIA to do a, a internship, quote-unquote, air quotes, can't see me, and then all of a sudden become one of the most popular uh news anchors on one of the world's largest news networks, or at least the United States' largest news network is CNN. 
I mean, right. I think he's an MK Ultra agent. We'll get to that later, but I just think I mean that's my standard. It's like fifteen percent. He's MK Ultra. So he's just bra- he's just being brainwashed right now. That's he's what being you think. Brainwashed, that's what it means. But seventy five percent, he just works with the CIA and is still working, even though he cut ties apparently with the CIA. Yeah. To add on to those, I'm gonna briefly segue into my next point because I think it'll tie in really nicely. Uh, This next one is about CIA infiltration in TV networks and newspapers. Um, So executives with CBS, New York Times, and Time Magazine also worked closely with the CIA to vet the news. Um, uh, Journalist Carl Bernstein, you can look him up, he wrote other organizations which, which cooperated with the CIA include the American Broadcasting Company, which is ABC Networks, uh, the National Broadca- Broadcasting Company, which is NBC, the Associated Press, the United Press International, Reuters, Hearst Newspapers, Scripps Howard, Newsweek Magazine, the Mutual Broadcasting System, the Miami Herald, and the old Saturday Evening Post and New York Herald Tribune. And he, uh, wait, I, I missed the first part. He's associated with all those, owns some of them, or what's... He's just a journalist oh, um, who had information on other, um, I don't know, platforms, I guess you could call them, that worked with the CIA. So he was one of the ones who blew the lid off the Watergate scandal. So in he actually did Time a out. piece with the Rolling Stone. Go back 10%. Uh, 19 what? In the media. 19 what? Hold on. We lost you for a second. 19 what? 19, no, no worries. Um, so 1977, he and Bob Woodward did a piece with the Rolling Stone called The CIA and the Media. And I have another quote uh, directly from his article. It says, more than 400 American journalists in the past 25 years have secretly carried out assignments for the CIA. There was cooperation, accommodation, and overlap. Journalists provided a full range of clandestine services. Reporters shared their notebooks with the CIA. Editors shared their stats. Some of the journalists were Pulitzer Prize winners, distinguished reporters. In many instances, CIA documents show journalists were engaged to perform tasks for the CIA with the consent of the management of America's leading news organizations. And that's from 1977, um, 43 years ago. So I'm sure you can imagine 43 years later just how much more is now controlled by the CIA. Insane. It's ridiculous. And it's how much easier it's controlled by the CIA because guess what? Now, even especially since 1970 where main media corporations were owned by different companies, like probably a lot of different companies and people, now it's main six. Now there's just six that own most. It's five. 90% of the – Five. Is it five? It's five. Yeah. 90% of the mainstream media corporate like corporations all of that and so the CIA obviously has ties with those they're huge I mean they can't like obviously we yeah, um, so, um go ahead Frank. just because we got to watch our time just unfortunately we're got a late start um I want to you, you mentioned the Rolling Stones and and a lot of media outlets say like oh we're just reporting the news we're not actually doing any type of bias or anything else and on the cover of Rolling Stones it's a uh, little baby's uprising edition I think this is just brand new. And on the bottom, like on the same cover, it goes Trump's plot against America with a GOP uh, rig the vote question mark. Right. And like, so it's like, okay, like they're not, and I'm not, well, I am, I do like Trump. So take that at face value, but I'm just saying like the hypocrisy of most of these news outlets where they claim they're in partisan, they claim they don't have a biasy 
and then they're just the most biased people ever. Um, none of these people, by the way, none of these news organizations, Fox included, Fox is no better than any of the other big ones. Um, but none of them are really talking about child trafficking, right? Yeah, none of them are talking I mean, about any this of... Is, remember, this is part one. We, we, we've got to go soon, so we can't talk for that long. This is just a little tidbit of information. In part two, I want to get into uh, how they give you the illusion of choice between Fox and the left, pretty much, and how there's like two political party systems and how mainstream media covers both, but it doesn't cover the underneath and the main problems that are going on in the world, not just America, in the world, which is human trafficking and pedophilia and a lot of the elite problems. And, and they won't – the two biggest ones that media will never touch is um, anything to do with big pharma and anything to do with pedophilia essentially. And, and the reason the big pharma is important is Robert F. Kennedy um, essentially used to fight against big corporations and putting mercury into our water source and into our uh, environment. But then all of a sudden, some woman came to him and had 18 inches of proof that she thought that vaccines, like of research that she thought vaccines caused her child to have autism, right? And he started, and she said, I will not leave until you come, like look into these. I like, I refuse to. And he started looking into it. And since that, 17 years ago, he's been fighting big pharma on vaccines and how just terrible they are. And he went to his friends and I think it was Fox or one of the big news medias and they said, we cannot have you on because if we do, all of our stuff will be pulled. All of our money, Big Pharma literally runs the United States and it's just, it's very disturbing. I also have um, one more just fun little like, oh, we're not getting into censorship, are we? Uh, I was briefly going to touch on social media censorship, but that can wait. Yeah, we got to wait. We got we to gotta wrap this up in the next few yeah. minutes. Um, does anyone, before we wrap it up, any final thoughts? Why are we doing, like, why do you guys, why are we doing the media thing now? Like, what are we, what are we trying to accomplish uh, for the viewers um, and whatnot? You guys, I have an idea. Then you go first because. Ah, me? You're going to let me go first? Oh, okay. Twist my arm. So this is my thought process, right? All, All of our lives through education, through everything, they told us like, what's a reliable source and what's not, okay? So one of the reasons I want to do this, this media um, parts is because we're going to start putting out our sources, right? And we're going to have a whole bunch of people that come back to us and be like, oh, that's not a reliable source because it's not on Forbes, it's not on CNN, it's not on Fox, it's not on or all Or you can stuff. say like Snopes debunked it, but Snopes we'll get, is ran by... We'll get there. Um, Stop. Okay. This is a closer, right? Um, I know, I know. We got to go. I would love to talk for the next three hours, but... We will get there. Um, and you ruined my train of thought, dick. So we, um, but we want to get the point across that like these people who you think have your best interest, that are the largest corporations that kind of run everything and tell you facts, may not be the most reliable. You know, for example, Forbes is owned. Um, correct me, Josie. I think you might know this. Forbes is owned by a Chinese corporation. At this point, one percent of Forbes, yeah, it's owned by Chinese corporations. Yeah, so that means all the stuff that's getting put out is being okayed by the Chinese government because we know how, even though they fake capitalism, everything still comes back to the government in China. Um, the so we can want ask you guys for any details, like the CCP can ask for any details in the, in any corporation in the Chinese market. Yes. So, so we're trying to get you guys in the mindset of thinking a little differently, where what we've been programmed to think is reliable for our entire lives. 
might not be reliable. And that's all ties back into the 5% rule. Like whenever we see something pop up, we're like, oh, we'll give it a 5% chance. That's true. And then start doing digging. And we're not basing a decision off of one fact we find from one area. Right, we're basing, it's like that put together with 15 other things is what we're coming to in a conclusion on. I do also, um, just because this is breaking today, um, Judge Salas, S-A-L-A-S, from New Jersey, just yesterday, um, had a assassination attempt on her life and her husband's in critical condition and her um, son is dead, unfortunately. So our prayers go out to them. And I know you might be thinking, why? Why are we bringing this up? The reason we're bringing this up is she's the one who's been prosecuting Deutsche Bank for the Jeffrey Epstein, or Epstein um, mishandling of money. And she's also doing one more thing with the Epstein case. But that just happened. And then the shooter, quote unquote, committed suicide. And then my buddy literally, like, as we're closing up, um, because we got to go. But my buddy literally just sent me this. and said, It's an art, uh, article, and I haven't looked into it yet. So, you know. Once again, don't believe anything. Don't disbelieve anything. Um, it says, Jeffrey Epstein's private banker at Deutsch and City found swinging from a rope. Executive, quote-unquote, suicide before FBI questioned him. Right? Yeah, well, in this realm, a suicide is never a suicide. Not never. That's too binary thought. I'm... Dude, okay, 99.99999%. Perfect. Suicide is never just a suicide. Okay. I, okay, we gotta, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, we gotta go. We're still over time. Yeah. All right. We appreciate all you guys listening. Once again, please give us our feedback. We, this is part one of probably a four, at least a two or three series. Parts. It could be a lot. Just get ready for more drops of social media <laughs> and biases and all that stuff with the CIA. And then go follow us at QTN Project. Um, and yeah, and if you guys like it, you know, once again, please give us feedback. I would honestly, if you guys are a little scared to give us like critical feedback, like please don't. Like I'd rather get the critical feedback and make changes. Like, okay, for example, I'm cursing a little bit less. I'm not, uh, super, yeah, this is Josie's name. Uh, and not like that, we're not uh, going as crazy, I guess. We'll get there. We'll have a bunch of podcasts that I just go nuts but that's i want to rant so badly we're just short on time all right i gotta go thank you so much for having me all right thanks for coming on guys um if you guys like the podcast please um subscribe give us a five star tell a friend if you got value from it um once again this is a small movement we hope to have our first couple of uh uh, guests guest uh hosts on as well we're trying to get into a few different realms i've been getting into yoga and meditation a lot so i'm trying to do a podcast on that And then we're all coming up with some new and fun things. So thanks for tuning in. We'll uh, talk to you in a few days. And remember, keep the movement alive. Keep thinking. See ya.